Welcome into the MMA Minutes. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Danny Gutierrez. Sean, how are you? I'm not bad. A little oh, tired. Man. That's it. A little tired? Yeah. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Well, we got one day. Uh, I got another day to get excited. I, I don't know if I could sleep. You Hopefully you'll be able to sleep because <laughs> you'll probably be passing out in the main event of UFC 214, which is taking place tomorrow. That's never happened. UFC 214 is happening tomorrow. It is taking place tomorrow. Three title fights. Three title fights. Cormier versus Jones headlining it. Damian Maia versus Dam- uh, Tyron Woodley. And we got Chris Cyborg taking on Tanya Avenger uh, as well. And you even look at the, 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 the fights behind them as well. Robbie Lawler taking on Donald Cerrone. Jimmy Manuel versus Volkan Ozdemir. Stack uh, card. Aljamain Sterling versus Henan Barrow. You got Ricardo Lamas versus uh, Jason Knight. Uh, Brian Ortega's on this card. Andre Feely's on this card. Caitlin Curran's on this card. Josh Berkman's Berkman, on the card. Drew Dober. I mean, there's a ton of great fights on this card. And yeah. we're going to be super excited for this. Uh, Danny, like you said, can't sleep. So let's jump into it. UFC <laughs> 214 preview. We are going to be taking it from the FF. FXX prelims, yes, FXX. Um, picking up at Eljamain Sterling versus Henbrow, and then taking you up the card. So, Danny, let's start there. Eljamain Sterling taking on Henbrow at a catchweight at 140 yeah, it's very pounds. Uh, catchweight at 140. What do you make of that? Well, I think it's just because they want Henbrow to go back to bantamweight. Because okay. I mean, you think I, this is a little test for him to cut back to 135. Yeah, it's just because you know, you know obviously, what? obviously the the story was there because he was such a you know dominant champ at 135 at for yeah, such a long time until Dillashaw taking, came and. Mm-hmm. Took all of that away from him. Taking over for Cruz, and then obviously he missed weight a couple times as well. Um, he actually fainted yeah, the he second fa- time he was supposed to fight TJ. That's what and it was. And then they reschedule it for uh, UFC on Fox. Mm-hmm. And that's when TJ just beat the brakes off of him and uh, just established again. his dominance. <laughs> beat him up again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And then he moved up to uh, Featherweight uh, to fight Jeremy Stevens and Felipe Nover. Um, and he went one on one there. The went results were 50 50. Yeah. Uh, the German Steve fights was cl- was close, but the first Ste- Stevens was, won it. Yeah, the the first yeah. round was absolutely Henan Barrows, but he couldn't keep up with that power and pressure that Stevens does. You know, is that he's known for. So it was it was very overwhelming for Henan Barrows because he never felt anything like that. But the Felipe Nover fight was a little bit better for him. Maybe he feels undersized at one forty five, but to be honest, at at one thirty five, he looks unhealthy mm-hmm. yeah, he looks we'll, unhealthy we'll see what happens we'll see how he looks at 140 if maybe and, maybe you know we, we see something where he just fights at 140 but i doubt that's gonna happen because bes- that's not gonna make any more money right but besides that i mean these guys are um they're very talented fighters uh henry mm-hmm. is a very talented striker very explosive striker he's got some devastating muay thai he trains at nova and yao with uh, uh master andre pedaneris with guys like you know jose aldo and sometimes junior dos santos and um Who's that other guy? He's got another. They they have a whole bunch of stable of other guys. Um, Hakran Diaz. Thank mm-hmm. you. They all train with each other. You they just think yourself. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> just want to make that clear. <laughs> uh, my brain's gotta get a little. The hamster's running a little bit. Yeah. Everything's starting to get put together. But anyways. Um, yeah. Henry Morales got some devastating Muay Thai. Aljamain Sterling trains in. He trains in uh, with uh, Sarah. Matt Sarah. Sarah and, Longo. Uh, yep. Yeah. Sarah Longo. Um, he's got some pretty good boxing, um, but he has some trouble in the striking. You saw that in his last fight with Rafael Asuncao. Uh, but with his wrestling, when he can put it all together, his striking he mixes very well with his wrestling. And he's got some nasty submissions that we very rarely see because his uh, takedown defense is so good. And this is going to be very interesting in this fight because Henan Barrao is actually a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. And he can take guys uh, take guys down as well. well and he can. He's also he can one submit of the, bo- well, submit guys too. He's also one of the best at 
uh, takedown defense as well, stopping yes, 97% of the takedowns that are that are put against him. So I remember uh, when TJ was fighting him, he couldn't take him down. He was mm-hmm. dominant in the striking, but even still, when he had him battered on the feet, Hennenbrough would not be taken down. So that's, that's going to be a very interesting factor in this fight. Yeah, and the only time that he has been taken down was against Anthony Leon. Anthony Leon took him down. That was in a WEC fight. So, I mean, it's been a while. And he popped since... right back up to his feet, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's been a while since, you know, you know has ever been on the ground because he's, yeah. he's very... Uh, very and good. And if he has been on the ground, the he was on top and he submitted guys. Yeah. So looking at this fight, um, obviously Elgin Sterling, younger fighter. Um, he, he's I think he's got a reach advantage as well. Yeah. He's got a one inch inch reach advantage. He's got a uh, one inch height advantage as well. Um, but looking at this, I don't see how it's not in favor for Henan Barrow. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm thinking you know, exactly. Barrow uh, was lit up by TJ, but outside of that, I mean, you know, he looked good against Jeremy Stevens. Obviously, he didn't get the win there, and before that, he was really dominant at bantamweight. And yes, I think he was. Cutting down might help him. You know, I, I think maybe regain a little bit of that power, re- regain a little bit of that uh, that that flash that he did have. And then I also think that his ability to defend the takedown is really going to help against a guy like Aljamain because Aljamain is such a good wrestler that if you could take that away, I'll take Hennenborough on the feet compared to Aljamain Sterling on the feet. So I that's like, what I'm. Yeah, I like Hennenborough on this fight. I like Hennenborough on this fight too. I feel like his takedown defense is really going to take him far in this fight. I do feel like Aljamain Sterling is going to try and use his boxing to get into range and get into a clinch, but in the clinch exchange with those knees and elbows and that takedown, that inside single trip takedown that he likes to use from the tie-in single. Um, mm-hmm. The over under, um, I really, I really do favor Hendon Brown in this fight because of because of the dominance in his positions. I let's, feel like he's he's more superior. He's a more superior fighter than Aljamain Sterling. Let's move on now to the FXX prelims. It's a terrible thing to say. FXX. It's just a mouthful right there. Yeah, it is. The try F- saying X- that ten times as fast. X prelims uh, <laughs> main event for that. Ricardo Lamas taking on Jason Knight in a featherweight bout. Ricardo Lamas. Um, the number three ranked featherweight, and Jason Knight making a big step up. He's the number he is 15 taking a big step up. current uh, featherweight, but he's been on an absolute roll, beating Chaz Skelly, beating Alex Caceres, beating Dan Hooker, beating Jim uh, Allers as well. And the past two fights, knocked out Chaz Skelly and, knocked, uh, and submitted Alex Caceres. So, obviously a huge step up to the bully Ricardo Lamas. Who do you like in this fight, Monday? I really do like Ricardo Lamas. Of course, he's the Chicago boy. we got to go for the Chicago boy, right? Mm-hmm. Jason Knight has been on a tear, but I don't think he has faced somebody of this caliber yet. No way. Um, we, we, we look back at Dennis Bermudez when he fought Ricardo Lamas, and that's when Dennis Bermudez was on his seven-fight winning streak tear, when he beat guys like, you know, Clay Guida, and, you know, the list goes on and on. But he got dropped by a jab, and then he got submitted by a guillotine. And ever since then, we've kind of seen Dennis Bermudez on the up and down kind of. Um, you, he just lost his last fight, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricardo Lamas, he just beat Charles Oliveira. He submitted Charles Oliveira, which is very interesting because it's very difficult to submit Charles Oliveira. He's only one of a few guys to do it other than Anthony Pettis and um, Jim Miller. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really do like Ricardo Lamas in this fight. Even though Jason Knight has some very good wrestling, very good submissions, and he's a wild fighter, I feel like uh, Ricardo Lamas is. Uh, if he he's a veteran, he's going to be more poised. He uh, has better technique with his uh, with his striking. He's got good kicks, good punches. Uh, he can mix it up very well. Uh, he's got some unorthodox kicks. He could fight at both southpaw and orthodox. 
Um, and, and again, he's got some very good wrestling. He's got some powerful wrestling. So I feel like he's just a superior athlete to uh, Jason Knight. Yes, it's 2010. Only four losses for Ricardo Lamas, Yuri Alcantara, uh, Chad Mendes, Max Holloway, and then obviously the title loss to Jose Aldo. Which was a good fight. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the uh, Max Holloway-Ricardo Lamas fight, that's a very memorable fight as well because you could uh, you remember at the end of the the third round where they just like, oh, let's bang it out and yeah. just start punching let's each other. Let's just throw bombs. Um, but looking at this, I think Ricardo Lamas, I, I think it's a huge step <clears> up for Jason Knight. Not saying that Jason Knight can never get there, um, but I think right now it's He's just well too much. He's well on his way. We're going to see. We're going to see Saturday night. I think it's too much too quick, though, and I think that ultimately Ricardo Lamas is going to get the win, but not saying that this is going to be Jason Knight's uh, last shot at a guy in the top five because you look at his past fights, you look at his past performances. He's he been performing looked, like a top ten he, contender. He's looked unreal, but I just yeah. think that Ricardo Lamas... Um, it is too much of a of a jump up in competition, but we'll see if he's game. We'll see if he. I can, mean, we uh, said the same thing about Chaskelly because Chaskelly's a dog himself. So we're gonna see. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, it's a, it's a big step up. We'll see what happens. Well, let's jump up to the main card now. Oh, uh, first fight on that one is a lightweight, light heavyweight fight. Uh, Jimmy Manwa taking on Volcan Ozdemir. Uh, Dana White pretty much saying this is the insurance if Cormier or Jones pull out that Jimmy Manwa will be slotted up to that light heavyweight fight. Uh, but Jimmy Manwa has been on a roll right now. Uh, Volcan Ozdemir as well has been looking good. So who do you like in this fight? I really do like the newcomer Volcan Ozdemir, even though he is the really? underdog. And he, yeah, he is a, he is the underdog. And he's a smaller fighter. Jimmy Manoa is a very devastating striker. He's known as the poster boy from the UK. If it wasn't for Michael Bisbang being the UFC middleweight champion, I mean, the face of mixed martial arts in the United Kingdom would be Jimmy Manoa. Uh, he's big. He's tall. He's strong. He's lean. Uh, he's got a long reach. He's smart. Um, he works well on his angles on the inside, actually, in the clinch, which is very, which is very awkward because you see guys like John Jones who are very long, who are real good up close with their elbows and knees in the clinch um he's very good at forward pressure as well but jimmy manawa he's he he i feel like he's when whenever he utilizes his range he doesn't utilize it very well like he has trouble putting his straight punches together sometimes he has trouble uh he's very stagnant with his striking combinations Mm -hmm. whereas volkan ozdemir when you stand up with him he's and volkan ozdemir was a professional kickboxer and he's only had two losses i believe um, and he's, but he, he's uh, yeah, one loss, kick, yeah. one loss, 14, okay. 14 and one right now. Exactly. Um, in, his, in his MMA career, but he has not lost in the UFC. Uh, defeating Marishna Kunikov, always yeah. terrible with that name, and Ovin St. Pru. And that's another thing, too. For that knockout, he didn't need a lot of space. Yeah. Actually, uh, Serganov rushed him. And then he clipped him behind the ear, and then that was it. And then his first fight with Ovin St. Pru, he took him the three rounds, and he pushed forward, and Ovin St. Pru was the bigger guy. Um, now, Ovin St. Pru got knocked out by Jimmy Manoa, but Volkan Ozdemir proved that he can go the three rounds, and he's got some good conditioning, he's got a good chin, and he's got knockout power. So I feel like this is a sleeper fight. I feel like a lot of people are overlooking Volkan Ozdemir, so that's why I'm taking o- Ozdemir over Jimmy Manoa. It's not bad... Thought process is not a bad thought process at all. You look at Volkan Ozdemir again, two and zero right now in his UFC career. You look at Jimmy Manuel though, his only two losses to Anthony Rumble Johnson and Alexander and Al- Gustafson. And Alexander Gustafson, two guys that were at the top and are at the top. Uh, well, obviously uh, Rumble uh, retiring, so not really at the top anymore. But you know, l- very recently, right. two guys that were at the top right. and peak of the light heavyweight pile. Um, I, I, it's tough for me to say who's going to win in this one. I just think that Jimmy Manuel is more. Um, what's it called? I would say more tested, but then again, that it's might more seasoned. help. Yeah, that might help Volkan Ozdemir because Jimmy Manuel is more seasoned. He's been right. knocked out by Gus. He's been knocked out by Rumble Johnson, and one hit from Ozdemir 
might uh, might help him. I'm split here. I, I mean, don't know he's exactly. He's knocked out Corey Anderson, Ovin St. Preux, John Blakovich, um, Ryan Jimmo. I remember that Ryan Jimmo fight. I mean, his first fights, they were devastating strikes, devastating kicks, and they would land with authority. But I don't think – I feel like Oz, uh, is a little is going to be smarter than that. I, I feel like he's not going to be there for those strikes. You know what I mean? Did you pick Hennenborough or Elgin Sterling? I picked Hennenborough. Okay, I picked Hennenborough as well. Did you pick Ricardo Lamas? Yes, I did. All right, I'll go with Jimmy Manuel then, just to be different. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. I, I don't. I don't know who's going to win. I'm this taking fight. Volkan Ozdemir. In listening this one. I'm to you, the underdog. Listening to you, I, I was I was buying <laughs> the Ozdemir hype. So I'll, I'll go with Jimmy Manuel just to be a little bit different here. Let's move on now to. I'm not right all the time, but when I see something, <laughs> I got to call it out. Let's move on now to uh, what might be want to be like one of the most like underrated fights in yes. a long time. I mean, One of this, my favorite fighters, Robbie th- Lawler. This fight, I mean, this could be you know a main event somewhere. Robbie Lawler taking on Donald Cerrone at 170 pounds. Robbie Lawler, the former champ, taking on Donald Cerrone, uh, a guy that's been bouncing up and down from uh, lightweight to uh, welterweight now. Um, and Donald Cerrone's you know, a fan favorite. Robbie Lawler, also a fan favorite. Yes, he is. Uh, Robbie coming back after his loss to uh, Tyron Woodley. Which back was just at, about a year ago. Yep, back at UFC 201, which is July 30th. Yes. And this is taking place July 29th, so pretty so much a year. A full year. Um, so that's it's crazy to, that Robbie Lawler's been out for so long. But before that, win over Carlos Condit, win over Rory McDonald, win over Johnny Hendricks, win over Matt Brown, win over Jake Ellenberger. People forget, might, just, or might have um, forgot. Just a murderer's yeah. row. Might have forgotten how good Robbie Lawler was. And Donald Cerrone coming off a loss against Jorge Masvidal. Masvidal beat the brakes off of him. Yes, but he did. You also have to look at the track record that Cerrone was running at. He fought in June of 2016, August 2016, December of 2016, and then January of That's 2017. That's his style. He loves to fight a lot. But he you, you could see how Masvidal you know, had, had the advantage there being a more fresher fighter. Yes. Um, but looking at this, Donald Cerrone versus Robbie Lawler, it's crazy that this is even happening. Yes, it is. So who it's do you exciting. like in this fight? Oh, I got to go with my boy Robbie Lawler. Um, <laughs> you know what? In, in Donald Cerrone's last fight when he fought Jorge Masvidal, we talked about this, and you didn't believe me, but I told you that Jorge Masvidal, when he gets in a boxing range, it's going to be extremely devastating and, you know, and I'm a, I'm not, I don't want to say annoying, but it's going to be a, a, a hindrance of Donald Cerrone because Donald Cerrone likes to set up those straight punches to create space in order for you to maneuver your hands so that you can pick up that shin and whip it around your shoulder and knock you out and make your, you know, put you to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not only that, when you get in close on Donald Cerrone to take him down, he's got some good knees and good elbows on the inside, and he, he'll he pull guard, and he's got a nasty guard as well. He's got awesome arm bars, awesome sweeps. He could take your back real good. He's got an awesome triangle. He's very flexible, very strong in the clinch, but at boxing range is where Robbie Lawler thrives because whenever you whenever you're kicking is when Robbie Lawler comes in and throws those hands whenever you whenever you're trying to figure something out whenever you're thinking whenever you're trying to uh, make Robbie react he's reacting but he's not reacting to what you want him to react to he's, re- he's reacting to what y- he wants he's or what he's going to do to you because mm-hmm. he's got some devastating hands he fights at a he fights at a southpaw stance um now Patrick Cote who was uh, opponent of Donald Cerrone uh, you know, he fell to Donald Cerrone, but I feel like, I feel like Robbie Lawler's got just a whole different type of power. Um, and I feel like he's going to mix it up very well. I feel like he's not going to be looking for the takedown at all. I feel like he's going to stay in boxing range and just eat up and pick apart Donald Cerrone. Hopefully Donald Cerrone's worked on his footwork and his head movement because Robbie Lawler's going to come after him. Do you think Cerrone would take it to the ground at all? 
Or do you think this is going to be a standoff? I could fight? see it. Donald Cerrone has uh, been known to take guys down before. Mm-hmm. Um, in his UFC debut, he was fighting one of the Kellys, actually, and he took him down. He kept taking him down over and over again because he was getting lit up on the feet by a smaller guy, actually. It was probably the UFC jitters, but he kept taking him down, and he took his back, and he choked him out. So Donald Cerrone is absolutely capable of taking guys to the ground. But remember what happened last time someone took Robbie Lawler down? And that was Josh Koscheck, and he got reversed and knocked out. Mm-hmm. So it's well, it's Cerrone's it, better fighter than Koscheck. <laughs> let's put it that way. Well, um, so I'm saying in, in terms of wrestling, when you look at wrestling, when you look at the ground game, yeah. So I I I I can see Donald Cerrone trying to take Robbie Lawler down, but again, trying, I don't think yeah. Robbie Lawler's going to let him. Also, that Koscheck fight was back in February tw- uh, 23, 2013. So yes. it's been a while. Um, Four I don't years. Know. I think I think I I think that Lawler he's been out for a long time. It's been a year now. Um, Cerrone he just did lose to Jorge Masvidal, but his past fourteen fights he's twelve and two. Before this, Cerrone was looking like a killer at welterweight. Yes, he was. I mean, I mean, he just ran into a brick wall and and just a bad matchup style with um, Jorge Masvidal. But he rolled through Matt Brown. He rolled through Rick Story. He rolled through Patrick Cote. He rolled through Alex Oliveira. Um, obviously, he struggled with uh, Rafael dos Anjos, but even before then, John McDessie would roll through, uh, roll through uh, Benson, roll through Miles Jury, roll through Eddie Alvarez and Eddie Alvarez's debut. I mean, before this, Cerrone was looking like an absolute killer. And I think that ultimately, with the long layup for, for Robbie Lawler, I think that he is aging, and I don't think he's aging too gracefully in this sport. I think that Donald Cerrone is going to get the win here. I know that's going to hurt you because you are such a big Robbie <laughs> Lawler fan. Uh, Not but, so much. But but I think I think that Donald Cerrone is going to get the win. And, and I hope that it's a fantastic fight. I hope that we do see Robbie Lawler give Donald Cerrone hell. But ultimately, I think the safer pick and I think the, the right pick here is, is, is Donald Cerrone getting the win. Over Robbie Lawler, but it should be a fun fight. I mean, when was the last time these guys haven't put on a fun fight? You know right. what I'm saying? You've never seen a boring fight with Donald Cerrone. You've never seen a boring fight with Robbie Lawler. So this is going to be explosive, no matter what. I think there's going to be a finish. Yeah, I, I think I think so too. Yeah, I if there think isn't, I think I think I think Lawler would take the decision. But if if there's a finish, I think it's going to be Lawler. But if there's a fin- if there's a decision, I would heavily favor Lawler because at the end of those decision fights, you, I mean, you saw with Rafael dos Anjos. I mm-hmm. mean. Donald Cerrone gets a little flustered, especially when you're ahead of him on the cards. Yeah, you saw that with that Nate Diaz fight, but we'll see what happens in this one. All right, let's move on now to one of the three title fights on this card. The first three, of three, we got three, three title three, fights, three kings. Excuse me, two kings and a queen will be crowned tonight. We got that uh, night, we got Saturday night. The first one, women's featherweight title fight, Chris Cyborg taking on Tanya Evinger. We're going to be crowning a new featherweight champion in the women's featherweight division. Uh, last one was Jermaine Durandame, um, and that was just stripped of her. Yeah, she uh, was unnotifiably stripped of her title. And you, you know what? I agree with the UFC for that because yeah. she didn't want to fight. She didn't want to fight Chris Cyborg. Chris Cyborg and Gina Carano, I mean, everybody talks about how Ronda Rousey, you know, blew up yeah. uh, women's MMA, but I, I would argue that Gina Carano and Chris Cyborg started the popularity. It was of, the fight that got the ball rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that it, was the fight that got the ball rolling. But one thing, Jermaine Duranime just didn't want to fight, and it was just a bad situation in general because they didn't want to have Cyborg fight in the first place because Cyborg was uh, in suspicion of drugs uh, and, and using uh, illegal substances, but that is all passed. So I feel like Chris Cyborg little, yeah. taking it on I, I Tanya like, Evinger. Uh, Tiny Evinger, the current bantamweight Invicta yes. champion. Bantamweight Invicta champion, yeah. So Tiny Evinger versus Chris Cyborg, who's going to win this fight? Oh, uh, I 
Oh man, <laughs> you know, asking me who's Just gonna win this right? Asking me who's gonna win this fight is like asking who's gonna win the Super Bowl against a good team versus a crappy team. Don't watch football, so. Oh, so you're saying like it would be like the Patriots taking on the Browns? Yes. There you go. It'd be like the Patriots taking on the Oakland Raiders or something like that. Raiders aren't bad. Okay. All right, but yeah, Chris Cyborg is is the best women's MMA fighter. Be like, I would say right now. It, yeah, it'd be like the '90s Bulls versus the Clippers. That's pretty good. That's yeah. So, That's pretty good. Um, not saying that Tanya Evinger can't get it done. Look, she's fifteen and five. She can get it. Yes, yeah, she's nineteen she's, and five. She's nineteen, 19 and five. And five? Nineteen okay. and five. I thought she was fifteen and five. Excuse Unless me. Unless the UFC's wrong. Whew. The UFC's she's, telling me nineteen and five. She is nineteen and five. Um, she's been around for an extremely long time. Um, you know, she's very durable. She's got a devastating right hand. Uh, she's got some pretty good wrestling. She's got good takedown defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, she pushes forward, but against someone like Chris Cyborg, I mean, she's did you did you see the face off? Yeah, it looked like they were two weight classes away from each other. Well, they technically are. Uh, pretty much, they are ten pounds. They're ten away. pounds, like literally away from each other. Um, I feel like Chris Cyborg. One gonna is be... named Cyborg. Yeah, the other one is from Texas. <laughs> has nothing to do with what's no, but happen. I'm saying like one is pretty much like stuff made of myths, and right. Tanya Evinger is a UFC fighter, right? You know what I'm saying? Like we she's have a, she's a blue collar fighter. This, is what you're saying? Yeah, and, and there's a lot of hype behind Chris Cyborg. Chris Cyborg's like the Mike Tyson of women's MMA. Pretty I much, I mean, she is unreal, and yeah. she just beats up her opponents. Yeah. Like it's unreal. She makes them look like heavy bags. Yeah, it's, honestly, it's it, it's devastating what she can do to women it, in in the cage. It's, it, it's crazy. And Tanya Evinger is a great wrestler, but it's like you know, Cyborg's also a, a black belt, right? Yeah, she's a black belt in jujitsu, and she also has like the most dangerous hands in the world. A black belt in jujitsu that we very rarely see, and no one ever tries to take Cyborg down because you have to weather that storm of punches and kicks yeah. and knees and elbows. You can't take her down because she's hitting you right. in the face, and she'll take you down because you're not because you're defending the strikes. So she'll take you down from the clinch. I just I feel like I don't want to say Chris Cyborg's gonna run through Tanya Evinger because that isn't fair. And the, we have these fights because of the fact that we we have to decide who the best is out of the two. Mm-hmm. So this is the fairest playing field that there is, is to get these two women in a cage to fight each other. But you know that the the the, the horse to bet on is Chris Cyborg. Danny won't say it. She's gonna knock her out in the first round. <laughs> I mean it. <laughs> Let's let's talk about this. There has been two times in all of Cyborg's career that she has gone to decision. The last time was 2008. Other than that, she has knocked out her opponents. TKO'd in, in 2009. TKO uh, G- yeah. Gina Carano I mean, in the first finished, round. She's finished that. TKO'd uh, Marlis Cohen. And they've they've never very they've never made it to the third round. I, uh, let's 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 do it. Let's talk this way. Since 23 uh, April 5th, 2013, when she uh, took down Felina Muxlow. Um, first round knockout, then fourth round knockout, then first round knockout, first round knockout, first round knockout, first round knockout, yeah, second round knockout. It's never been the it's fact that Lena Landsberg made it to the second round was impressive. Yeah, the only Marlos Conan's a dog. She made yeah. it to the fourth round, and she she even got beat up. She, she made it to the third. Bad. She made it to the third round too back in 2010. Yeah, so I mean, she has since retired, but Chris yeah. Cyborg is on a whole nother level. Um, I, I feel like Chris Cyborg is going to be the Chris new featherweight, uh, women's featherweight champion. I Honestly, the day that she is uncrowned and un, unthroned as the uh, or dethroned as the uh, UFC women's featherweight champion will either be because of steroid pop 
or she retires. Yeah. Because I, no one's beating Cyborg. No. Or unless she's like 45 and fighting. Yeah, I don't I I I I don't see a woman a woman, excuse me, coming up to Cyborg's level just yet. Maybe Megan Anderson, maybe, but she pulled yeah, out Megan's of Megan's big. Yeah. She's tall, she's long, and she's good at her angles. She's good up close. But I mean, she said she had a uh, uh, personal issue. Yeah, personal issues going on. So mm-hmm. she's got to sort those out before she can get into the cage with Cyborg. And I don't blame her be- because of the fact that you need to have a clear head against and someone she is like Cyborg. Like Megan Cyborg. Anderson's very young. Yeah, she's very young. So I, 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 I'm glad that Tiny Averger is able to take this fight. Um, I think the Tiny Averger will be able to put some some good of a fight on, but I think Cyborg's just going to light her up. Um, and I think we, we agree yeah, on that one. That's. Yeah. Let's move now to the co-main event. The welterweight title is on the line. Tyron Woodley taking on Damian Maya here. Looking at this, Tyron Woodley, obviously a year ago, was crowned the um, UFC uh, welterweight champion, defeating Robbie Lawler, fighting a year later. He's now fought a Former team. teammates yeah, he's from a- American Top Team. Oh, Robbie Lawler and Tyron Woodley. And Tyron Woodley, Woodley yeah. yes. Uh, I thought you meant him and Maya. I was like, Maya wasn't a top no, team. No, no, no. Uh, Robbie, Robbie Lawler is actually training now with uh, Henry Hooft, who's a striking coach of guys like Michael Johnson. That's your buddy, and, Henry and, Hooft. You and, love Henry and, Hooft. And for this guy, Ernesto Hooft. Oh, Ernesto Hooft, my bad. <laughs> it's still Dutch-style kickboxing, so there my you bad. go. There you go. But um, Tyron Woodley uh, left uh, Duke Rufus's, uh training camp, and he went back to American Top Team to Dean, to Dean Thomas. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very interesting in this fight because Dean Thomas himself is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, and he's going to need that. He's going to need that experience against someone like Damian Maia, who's a three-time championship-level Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu expert, master. Yeah, and, and Woodley's being smart. You you look at the past two uh, defenses that he had uh, against Wonderboy, um, kickboxing expert in, in Wonderboy. So yes. you go to Duke Rufus, a guy who is, is very well-versed in, in the kickboxing game, now going back to Dean Thomas, a guy that you know does have that uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu background. So yep. obviously a smart that move there for Woodley. That coach's experience, too, and they have very good chemistry themselves. Mm-hmm. So and, it works. And one thing, too, you look at uh, you look at Woodley. He's been very active, so you got to give him credit there. This is now going to be his third title defense um, in a year, which is which is all props to him, Tyron Woodley, yeah, I'm getting in the cage very, from fighting. You know what? When he first won the title, he kept talking, you know, I want to fight GSP, I want to fight Nick Diaz. He wasn't calling out contenders like he should mm-hmm. have. But, you know, with the two fights with Wonderboy, I think he's got it now. I think he understands, listen, I mean, I'm a champion. I got to fight all comers, especially if they deserve it, when they deserve it. And Damian Maya definitely deserves this title shot. Seven straight win streak for Damian Maya. So looking at this, Tyron Woodley, uh, the current welterweight champ, and a guy who's been on an absolute tear yeah. taking on Damian Maya on a seven-fight win streak. Who's winning this fight? You know what? It all depends on who who who's put in more time, who's put who's watched the most tape, who's analyzed each other the most, who's who wants it more. Um, you know, Damian Maya is huge. Tyron Woodley, he said himself. Tyron Woodley said he was tailor made for the sport. Tyler Woodley, he's so he's gifted. Huge. He's so gifted. He's so athletically gifted. He's so quick. It's so scary. He's he's quick. He's explosive. He's strong. He's strong. He's got good combinations. He's got good punches. He's got devastating kicks. Like everything he does is 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 meant to hurt you. Is put is it, everything that Tyron Woodley does is he puts devastation into it. He doesn't put ump. He puts devastation into everything that he does. But Damian Maya grappling with him, I, I haven't grappled with him, but seeing guys grapple with him and the way he's able to just ragdoll guys when he takes when guys try to take him down or we, when he takes guys down, mm-hmm. it's unreal. I mean, he, 
what he did to Rick Story, what he did to Dung Young Kim, what he did to Carlos Condit, what he did to Matt Brown, what he did to uh, Ryan LaFlair for five rounds, what he did to uh, Jorge Masvidal, that yep. was a close fight. I mean, he's just torn through guys. And it's interesting because both of these guys' last losses were to Rory McDonald. Yeah. So he And Rory lost and had a great war to Robbie Lawler. Well, and it's funny, too, because you look at their last, their last losses – um, obviously, like you mentioned, Tyron Woodley lost to Rory McDonald. He lost to Jake Shields, and he lost to Nate Marquardt. You look at Damian Maya, lost, lost to Rory, Jake Ma- lost to Rory McDonald, lost to Jake Shields, and lost to uh, well, he lost to Weidman and then Munoz, but he also lost to Nate Marquardt as well. And they that all was lost. way early in his career. But they all lost in the same way, right? Woodley got knocked out by Marquardt. Maya got knocked out by Marquardt. Yes, he did. Um, Rory uh, won a decision against both of them, and Jake Shields won a decision against both of them too. So it, it's very funny razor how, thin, close decisions too. It's funny how those those parallels are are the same, but still yeah. lo- looking at this fight, is it going to be Woodley's athleticism or is it going to be Maya's one expert Brazilian school, Yeah, one tool that is you know just so dangerous. People talk about that one tool, but you know what? When I whenever I see wrestlers go up against Damian Maya who aren't hesitant. They're successful. When you put hands on Damian Maya, and when I say put hands on Damian Maya, I mean you're throwing combinations. You're not giving him space. You're not giving him time to think. You're working your uppercuts in your in your knees if you want to chance it. Because when you throw a knee, you're on one leg. So he might grab that one knee and try to take him down. Mm-hmm. But like we said, Tyron Woodley's explosive. He's He can cover distance so fast. And he can fight at both stances too, and that's going to be helpful because Damian Maya is a southpaw. Yep. So it's going to be it, Damian Maya is going to have a little bit of trouble. I mean, he's not going to want to stand and trade with Tyron Woodley. God no. He's not going to want to. He's not going to want any of that. But I don't think either of these guys are going to shy away from each other. I feel like Damian Maya is going to run after Tyron Woodley, look for a single and switch to a double and get to the clinch. I feel like Tyron Woodley is going to try and let him and try to tire himself out because we've seen. Damian Maya tire over five rounds, more so than Tyron Woodley. The past two fights with Tyron Woodley, he, he's gone 10 rounds in UFC championship rounds, and he looked good doing it. Mm-hmm. You look at the body, you know, you look at his body mass and his and his muscle mass, and you're thinking, oh, you know what, those muscles aren't going to take him yeah. far. And sometimes that does happen. You, you look at guys like Hector Lombard, Tiago Alves, just big, huge guys with all that muscle it, it, when they go into the later rounds. You all are Merrill kind of yep. tires, too. It's a real big detriment to their fighting style. Excuse me, to their explosiveness, to their cardio, because um, all those muscles fill up with with uh, blood to try fight, uh, the white blood cells try to fight off that lactic acid. So all those punches and all those muscles they're sore and they're heavy with blood, and it feels like their combinations, their punches, everything's running through mud. But Tyrone Woodley's explosive, and he's he he's conditioned, and he's gone the ten rounds. So I I feel like Tyrone Woodley's going to take it. Real real like, real quick, if Maya gets him down and and does have him in a position to submit him, will Woodley be able to fight it off? Or if, does it depend in what round and and what's happened before? It depends. I in the later rounds, I favor Maya on top. Mm-hmm. But again, if he takes any him down moment, the first but, round, but then again, at any moment in the fight, I favor Woodley on top because he's got some nasty ground and pound. Mm-hmm. Um, I it depends on what happens. It depends on how tired these guys are, how much they push themselves. But I'm, I'm taking Tyron Woodley. So, so pretty much what you're saying is that Maya has a shot, but just because you know Woodley has everything else going for him besides yes. that one tool, he's he's gonna get the win. Pretty much. I feel I feel like his athleticism and his explosiveness is gonna. 
I don't. I feel like Maya's not ready mm-hmm. for it. I'm I'm pulling for Damian Maya. I hope after this long UFC career, he's able to to get this belt around him. Uh, I feel if he loses, he might retire. I I just have a weird feeling if he does lose or I mean, move up and wait. Yeah, maybe, but I I don't know. I I think that it's it's definitely a possibility that. You know, he is 39 years old. If he doesn't get the belt, I think he might retire just because what else is there for him to do? Um, well, let me... Let me then I think let me, I'm going to take Woodley, though. All right. L- let me ask you this. What? What do you think Damian Maia is going to do when he gets in there? What do I think Damian Maia is going to do? He's yes. going to try to take him down as exactly. quick as possible. Exactly. I just don't think Maia, he's going to be able to do it because right. Woodley's going to be fresh. Yeah. Maya knows that. I know that. You know that. Tyrone knows that. Everybody knows that he's, that Maya's just going to try and take him down. But one thing, Woodley does have a great takedown defense. 92% of his, uh, he's defended takedowns. Yes. But he hasn't fought someone as good as Woodley, no. at least at least wrestling-wise. And Jake when he Shields. did, he lost to Jake Shields. He lost to Rory McDonald. But that was kind of an off-striking f- yeah. matchup. It, the, was stale, it was a stale stand-up fight. It, it's it's going to be, if Maya can somehow negate Tyron Woodley stand up, which I don't think he's going to be able to do, which is why I have Woodley winning. Maya will be able to win this yeah, fight. Every but, fight starts standing. Yeah, I I don't think it's going to happen. Anyways, every fight starts on two feet. Um, lo- looking at the odds though, real quick, they have uh, Tyron Woodley as a uh, two two hundred and five uh, favorite, which is it was it which isn't bad. too bad. Yeah, so yeah, it's 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 close. If if you believe in Damian Maya, you can take you can take Maya's yeah. odds. Uh, but let's now move on. Somehow this guy is more of a favorite. Yes, John Jones. Here we go. Is back in the octagon. Finally, we got it. After after Dana White said that he's never going to headline a card ever again, he's headlining. He's a headlining card. a card. Last time John Jones' fight was April twenty three, uh, April twenty third, twenty sixteen. Last time he was in a fight was July eighth, uh, uh, twenty sixteen, and uh, that was pulled after he popped for steroids. Yeah. So John Jones and Daniel Cormier it wasn't finally. St- it, was, it was a tainted supplement. Tainted supplement. Tainted Sorry. supplement. Uh, last time it's behind that, us now. Last time that uh, John Jones and Daniel Cormier fight was ja- January third, twenty fifteen, uh, and since that fight, that DC was a has great been a, fight. And since that fight, DC has been on an absolute roll, uh, beating Anthony Johnson, beating Alexander Gustafsson, beating Anderson Silva, and defeating Anthony Johnson Twice. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at this, I mean, this is the matchup we've been waiting for forever. Who's going to win this fight? Man, when you ask me who's going to win this fight, it's it's difficult to answer because both of these guys have everything going for them. Well, let's let's talk about this. What do you expect from John Jones finally making finally making his uh, again finally making his return? You, you know what? Again for the third time yeah. making his third return. Oh god. Yeah. What an idiot. <laughs> um we love you, Jay. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> we love you too, DC. I love DC. <laughs> DC's the guy that deserves the love. Yeah. Anyways. They but I mean, you know what? All jokes aside, all personal issues aside, these two are gonna fight. When you look at their fighting ability, I hope when you look fight. you're right. When you look at John Jones's fighting abilities, I mean, his only real loss is a DQ to Matt Hamill, and he was dominating that fight. He's practically undefeated. John Jones is one he of was, the best, on. if not the best. That phrasing that phrasing was very poor. He did not even lose that fight. He was on top beating Matt Hamill. He was hitting him in the face with yeah. elbows. Bloodying I mean, that, him up. That fight was done with. Yes. But then Mazzagatti. Steve Mazzagatti, one of the worst referees in mixed martial arts history. He he comes in and says, no, the elbows are illegal. And then he was asking. And he DQs him. He was asking Matt Hamill, who was deaf, by the way, yeah. if he's all right. Matt Hamill can't hear you, Mazzagatti. He's deaf. Anyways. <laughs> All of that besides, John Jones is 
undefeated yes. in, in the octagon. Pretty I mean, much. He, he, he did not lose that Hamill fight. No. It, it, was a, it was a poor DQ. It was a freak show. John Jones is one of the best. He's seen. been tested one and a half times. I say one and a half because the first three rounds of their fight with DC and Jones, it was close. Mm-hmm. But John Jones literally out-championshiped DC. And the fourth and fifth round, he took him down. He started to overwhelm him in the clinch. He was beating him up in, in the clinch with elbows. He, you know, he was controlling the range and the timing. He was he had very good kicks that he got off on DC. Uh, DC had very good uppercuts and very good dirty boxing going on. He had some very good. He landed some very good right hands and leg kicks and body kicks himself. But John Jones was just a step ahead, a step and a yeah. half ahead of DC. The second, the first time that he was tested was when he fought Gustafson, and the same. What about the, Vitor? Well, that was uh, he overcame adversity in the first round. I mean, he almost, he almost yeah, lost he that fight. Yeah, he almost lost that fight. It was a uh, armbar in the clinch after he got taken down <clears throat> uh, over a trip, and uh, they were John Jones was in the guard of Vitor Belfort, but Vitor Belfort had his had his hands on the wrists and the elbows of John Jones. He popped up, so right? he just popped he just popped his hips up, and he was cranking on that arm, and he had it. He had it. He said he heard pops, and he said he relieved the pressure after he heard the pops. John Jones didn't tap, though, and that was kind of the beginning of the end for Vitor because then, you know, John Jones is John Jones and just beat him up from the outside and with kicks and unorthodox strikes, and that was it. And then he submitted him. Yeah. Which was awesome. But anyways, looking at DC, you said that he out-championed DC in the first fight, but that yes, was a long did. time ago. Since then, he's had three title defenses, uh, defending his belt against Anthony Johnson, defending his belt against Alexander Gustafson, defending his belt again against Anthony Johnson. So do you think that now that experience favors DC and it kind of levels out the playing field? Because you mentioned that John Jones only has one loss technically in technically. the UFC or in, in MMA in general. Daniel Cormier also has one loss in MMA, and that was to John Jones. Which is interesting because the undefeated man is the one that has everything to gain and nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And the one who is the champion has everything to lose and everything to gain. Or because, nothing to gain, really. Well, I he, mean, he, he, has some, he, he has something to gain, but honestly, he doesn't. Like, he's not going to be winning a belt. He's just going to get revenge over John Jones. That's, I mean, if you beat John Jones, aren't you considered the greatest of all time? Well, all but, then, of a sudden? but then people are going to be able to say, well, you know, he hasn't fought in a year. Right. He has a lot of personal issues. This right. is the same John Jones. Yeah, a lot of the keyboard warriors and armchair quarterbacks. <laughs> We'll I think that. I think honestly some MMA journalists will as well because if John Jones comes in and looks a little rusty and doesn't look like John Jones, and that's happened before, and he still looked great against OSP. I don't know if he looked great, but he he beat up OSP. Yeah, that's just he gonna... still beat him up and but he looked rusty. OSP's not on the John Jones level, right? But if John Jones comes out and looks rusty, then people can say, "Well, DC didn't beat the real John Jones," right? So then you're gonna have to have another fight. DC's gonna have to go through all this over, over all through all of this. Again. Like Dominic Cruz said. Ring rust does not exist. It's how your preparation goes for the fight, going to the fight, and your mental preparations in the fight for the fight. I think John Jones has his head clear for this fight. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen after this fight, I don't know. We have to see. But you know what? This fight is really tough to call. It's really tough to call. I, it's, I almost can't pick a winner. Almost can't pick a winner. I'm giving the slight edge to John Jones. Be- Why is that? Because he's already beaten DC, I mean he's 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 already beaten DC. He's already beaten DC. He knows what he's about. He's felt his strengths. Um, you know, I feel like John Jones has put on more impressive performances than DC. Not to say that DC's last performances were were 
were horrible. Mm-hmm. The only one that was iffy was the close fight against Anderson Gust- Silva. And Gustafson, too. Well, that was a I, close fight. Well, hold on. I, I don't know about the Anderson Silva fight. He dominated Anderson Silva. I don't he, mean close. I mean, very, I mean boring fight. It was a very boring yeah, fight. Said, and, like, it was just something where DC didn't want to get caught by Anderson Silva. Right. I don't blame you. So take right. him down and fight him. Right. So, and I beat mean, him up. Yeah. Not even fight him. Just beat him up. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying because you look at John Jones – Beats Shogun, beats Rampage, beats Leota Machida, beats Rashad Evans, beats Vitor Belfort, beats Chael Sonnen. He beat beats all Alexander former Gustman. champions. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, like, he's, it beat Ryan Bader. I mean, he he has a list of just legends yes. in the sport that he's be- defeated. So he does definitely has the better He's younger, he's ways. bigger, he's longer, he's much more confident. He is, again, like Tyron Woodley, he's yes. like the perfect athlete He's got for everything MMA, going for him. Except the mental aspect and personal issues. Yeah. So uh, I think at the end of the day... John Jones is the better fighter, but he hasn't fought in a year. DC has been fighting. DC's motivated. This might be one of the last fights for DC because after this, he's pretty much run through the division if he beats John Jones. I don't know exactly where he goes. Maybe he fights Jimmy Manoa. Jimmy Manoa, the maybe Vulcan Ozdemir fight. Maybe Ozdemir, yeah. but I mean, like, that's not and a— Shogun's on a run again. Yeah, but those aren't, those aren't fights that are going to, you know, make him money. This is the last money fight. True. Or unless, you know, it's really close and they have a you third one. You know what? This one. is his last fight, too, to get good with the fans because I feel like DC doesn't get a lot of love. And he doesn't, and that's crap. I mean, that, that that's honestly just, just wrong. I mean, DC's been so much through his career and, and, and through his life. And, yeah. and DC has been nothing but a professional. He's been nothing but a very great, grace, graceful guy. He's been nothing but a just very calm, cool, and, and, and everything that you want in a champion. He's a guy that puts everything towards this sport. He's a true and sportsman. And, and no one appreciates it, and the fans don't appreciate it. And, and at the end of the day, I think DC's going to take that, and I hope he doesn't fight angrily. I hope he uses his anger in a good way, and I think if he does use his anger in a good way and his motivation so in a good way, right. I think that DC will win. You're saying that if DC fights smart, he can beat John Jones? Without a doubt. All right. I think so, I think I think that, and, and I think that's because you look at. Uh, Daniel I agree. Carman. I agree one hundred percent. I think, you but look that's at- why I'm picking John Jones because I feel like Daniel Cormier is going to go in angry because of the fact that he are, that he has been defeated by John Jones. But I think that he learned from the first fight because I think he fought angry in the first fight, and I think he learned from that. You saw that too. Yeah, you felt that. Oh, you without felt a doubt, that, you felt that a lot. Just watching I mean, it. Look at look at any of the press conferences they have. Look at embedded DC hates John Jones. He hates him. John Jones also hates him, but John Jones has that like kind of smarky kind of you know very uh, I don't I, I want to say uh, you know he, he kind of laughs it off like standoffish kind of yeah but John Jones can passive aggressive John Jones can let it brush off him yeah I think it really sticks with DC and I think it sticks for very personal levels with him and ultimately I think that DC. is going to be smarter about this I think he's going to use his motivation in the right way this time I think DC is going to get the win I don't blame you. I, I I have to go with John Jones though. I can't I can't not go against the greatest of all time. I really can't. I remember I remember being in high school and watching him fight Stefan Bonner and thinking he's oh he's gonna he's gonna he be something one day. I remember him fighting Jake O'Brien and he completely destroyed him and I was just like this dude is going to be something one day and look he, at where he is yeah, now. He turned into something. I mean, yeah, he turned into something. All right, he turned into a dream killer. Oh man, his his self proclaimed title. Yeah. Well. Anyways, John Jones, we know how great he, he he's been in in his career, but again, we don't know if he's gonna be able to put it all together. He's in the prime of his career too. Yeah, he's not too old. He won the title. He was the youngest ever UFC champion in history. He's still thirty. Yeah, it's crazy. I and don't know. 
We'll see what happens. But I am I'm taking DC. You're taking John Jones. Yes. Uh we're both taking Woodley. Yes. Uh we're both not t- surprising. I thought you were gonna take Maya. I, I like I said, I want Maya to win. I don't think he's gonna win. Uh we're both taking Cyborg. So in your in your in your head, Woodley will win, but in your heart you want Maya to win. Oh yeah. I'm okay. picking Woodley, but if Maya wins, I'm going crazy. <laughs> um Cyborg, we both pick Cyborg, shockingly. Yeah. Uh you're picking Robbie Lawler, I'm picking Dallin Cerrone. Uh, you're picking uh, Vulcan Olsmere. I'm picking Jimmy Manuel. We're both yes. picking Ricardo Lamas, and we're both picking Hennen Burrow. Uh, this has been the MMA Minutes, and let's recap real quick our, our picks of uh, Weidman versus uh, Gastelum. Uh, I think you picked Calvin Gastelum, right? Yeah, and he got choked out. I picked Chris triangle. Weidman. <laughs> Boom. Uh, I picked Elkins, right? You picked Dennis yes. Marinas. Yes. Oh, winner. That was a close fight. Uh, we both picked John Vellante. Yes. Uh, that was another close fight. Loser there. I picked Thomas Almeida. You picked Jimmy I picked Rivera. Jimmy Rivera. That so was another close fight. So uh, I win, Danny. Two, one, and one. So there we go. Very. I get. I get rarely. an event on you. I get an event on you. We'll see what happens with two fourteen. I'm feeling I'm getting a win. I'm feeling I'm getting a win here. I think my boy DC is going to come. I'm going to roll the dice here. Hopefully, I won't get snake eyes. I think. Um, I think DC is going to get the win here. I'm. I'm pretty confident with my picks. It's going to be a fun, yeah, fun fight card. Oh man! Again, I feel like it's going to be the best card, fight card of the year so far. So, two fifteen shaping up to be awesome, but we'll see. July 29th, UFC 214, Jones versus Cormier. The next, well, when's 215? 215 is in November. Oh, we got a while. But the because, next fight is Pettis versus Moreno. Yeah, but the next Moreno. big fight is August 26th, Conor McGregor versus, versus Floyd, Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather. I cannot be more excited for that fight because yeah. Conor's going to get his butt whooped. <laughs> it's going to be great. Oh, for man. Danny Gutierrez, I'm Sean Anderson. These have been the MMA Minutes. So we'll much see money. We'll see you next time.